Welcome. This is the Shutdown Fullcast. We diving right into the action from the week that was in college football. Wanted to, first of all, issue a disclaimer because for some of our listeners, this may be a bit traumatic, but we're going to talk about the SEC today. For one, so Big Ten fans, you can go off and do whatever it is you're going to do. Either enjoy us trashing the SEC. Oh, yeah, because because more like ass EC for the week. Hi, Texas A&M. Hi, Alabama and LSU treating us to yet another beautiful three-and-a-half-hour strangulation. Just a glorious day for the conference overall. You can either listen to that or go do what Big Ten fans do. I don't know what it is. Stare Tra- at a concrete wall and like ponder mortality. Talk shit on Maryland message boards? Yeah. That sounds I don't right. Know. Cook food without spice in it. All the things you people enjoy doing. Cheese is either, a spice. Either way. Cheese is definitely che- a spice. <laughs> Pepper Jack. <laughs> the ultimate sp- the ultimate spice in life is hard work and humility. <laughs> but you know, you can you can stay for that because we're gonna do a little bit of that. Other things we're gonna touch on here. Uh, we're gonna introduce ourselves. Hey, I'm Spencer Hall, founder of Every Day Should Be Saturday. It's my fault. And uh, work for SB Nation. Joining me, Ryan Nanny from beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Oh hi. Oh hi. Great to see you. Yeah, it's good oh, to in in ear form. Good to ear you. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. And, good to listen. Good to listen. And joining us from uh, beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia, uh, Jason Kirk. Oh hi, Jason. Are you outside? Oh hey, what's happening? It is lovely to hear sounds from both of you as well. And yes, uh. Yes, I'm outside. There are leaves everywhere. There are dogs barking. Someone is operating a machine not too far away. It's pretty loud. What do you think okay. it is? Uh, for, it sounded like a leaf blower, um, which in would accord- make a lot of sense because there are a lot of leaves. In accordance, in accordance with Georgia. <laughs> this is a great podcast. In accordance with Georgia Statute 10.14-3A, that at all times one must be within earshot of someone with a leaf blower. At all times, yeah, this is the work from home thing. If you work from home, if you open your window, someone will be mowing their yard three feet away from your window, no matter the time of day. Do you know how hard, I, you know how hard I would laugh if like in Migos' next video, there's just a dude walking through the background of every shot with a leaf blower? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to shoo that guy away because he, he's there. Yeah, no, he's there. Like he's all in the mix. I just think they should start including him, right? Like, bu- like just like bouncing up and down slowly to the beat with a leaf blower. I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't get a chance to watch Atlanta, and I know that makes me a bad person. But um, terrible. Was that was that a prominent feature of that show? It or, might, or was that uh, did they miss the mark? It might there be was, the might be the only note they missed. Yeah, there was there was there, well, there wasn't enough time for yard work. It's a short. It's a short program. Yes, twenty. It's twenty-two minutes. At one point, though, they really should have somebody wandering through the background. Um, I also, I also do want to discuss. By the way, we are going to discuss the Big Ten because uh, I would like to reiterate, repeat, and uh, reinforce the concept that Iowa nailed down Kirk Ferentz, the highly coveted Kirk Ferentz, mentioned, mentioned for jobs such as the <laughs> State and the uh, <laughs> College. The University yeah, of Kansas maybe, City Chiefs. Yeah. Sure, the NFL teams like the... Uh, um, nailed him down to like 2026 for more money than, I don't know, God. Anyway, 
they lost real bad to State. Oh, whew. oh my goodness. Just a trashifying at the hands of Penn State. So we, we want to talk a little bit about that. But first up, I, I would like to propose that we discuss LSU, Alabama, and a national crisis, impending national crisis that all of us are going to face if Alabama does not lose a game prior to the end of the regular season and the SEC championship. Jason, would you propose this, please? Well, as we all know, for Alabama to win a national championship, which would be its 39th national championship of this millennium, it has to lose a game before reaching the playoff. Once it does that, it has now fulfilled its obligation and can then go on to win a title with a clear conscience because it's demonstrated great humility um, and has has learned its lesson from its from its loss. It's sort of like uh, eating broccoli, I guess, and then it just gorges on the sweet dessert of yet another title. Um, but that hasn't happened, and we're rapidly running out of chances, and LSU was probably the best chance before the playoff of that happening. Um, Iron Ball is still ahead, and... Uh, Auburn has quarterback weirdness going on. Was Sean White didn't play for at least the first half. Uh, I'm fuzzy on the details after that. John Franklin the third was out there. Didn't look excellent. Had some trouble with Vanderbilt. Um, then you got the SEC championship and no, no sim, quick sim, sim through that. Don't even watch that. So I mean, we're basically down to only Auburn can assure that Alabama will win the national title. I, I disagree with that. You go on. I think there's a case to be made that. So, so let's say our playoff top four as of now, because it's going to change. Thanks Texas A&M. Let's, let's say uh, Washington slides up into that fourth spot and they're playing Alabama. Let's say Washington beats Alabama. No, I think, sir, Sir, hold sir. on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. I think there's a case to be made that if you look at the body of work, you look at who they played over the course of the season, you look at like, you know, who wins nine times out of ten, you still advance Alabama to the national championship game. Interesting. You so know? you, so you, yeah, you give Bama the um, the get out of jail free card. Why are we Why are we bothering to play a twelve a twelve uh, game regular season and a conference championship if we're just going to have a semifinal? To throw it all off, you know, it's just it's just random chance at that point. So I, I think, they said, yeah, I thought they said every game mattered. Wasn't so I that think, what they said the BCS and playoffs. So I think undefeated Alabama can absolutely lose to Washington and justifiably advance the national championship game. That'd be hey, a quality loss too. I mean, what every mountain every mountain's got multiple paths up it, right? I mean, look, and, look. Let's be honest. Who's Washington played this season? Nobody. All they all they've had time to do is scout Alabama, plan for Alabama, keep their best plays back, keep their players healthy. Alabama's had to play a brutal schedule. Like let's let's just be fair here. All right, maybe if Washington can beat Alabama by four touchdowns, then the Huskies advance to play in the championship. But well, you know, let's do it. Let's make it a two out of three in that case. Oh, okay, that's fine. And, and we'll then just we stretch decide, the season out to, out to March if we that's decide what it takes on, to get, we get decide the title ring. Away goals, yeah. Also, you know, if they do face Washington and Washington beats them, it's going to be playing deeply unchristian football trick plays. For instance, uh, you know, the quarterback working out of the shotgun, multiple formations. All of these things are deeply antithetical 
to what we want football to be. Sometimes they might even hurry up. And who wants to do that? I did enjoy this, by the way, that Alabama attempted to quick snap and hurry up and got hammered at the one against LSU, by the way. You'll notice that they were like, no, hurry up. Look, Alabama's running hurry up. Wham. Can I can I ask you both a question? At what point during I'm assuming you both watched all or most of this game. Mm-hmm. At what point did you say, oh, no, LSU doesn't have the range? About third offensive series. You're like, yep, seen enough. You're not getting a point on the board. Jonathan Jonathan Allen and and everyone else in that Alabama defense and Minka, like Minka Fitzpatrick, you could just set an egg timer, man. He's got his own little internal interception egg timer. Minka Fitzpatrick's just going to get one. Um, mine came slightly earlier than that. It was on uh, LSU's second possession, where on third and six, Danny Etling finds DJ Chark for a 41-yard completion. That maybe had a little bit of OPI, but whatever. They get down to the Alabama 43, and then they have three straight plays for a loss of yards. They end up punting from their own 49. Yeah, you're done. Because, like, if you can't, if you can't get the one big play against Alabama that sort of catches them off guard, and you sort of roll that momentum into one good drive, and then that sort of built, like, you're done. So that yeah, that it's... was, and, and you know what? I wasn't wrong because if you take those 41 yards away, Danny Etling finished with 51 other yards. Yeah, yeah, it, they did. They didn't. How's this? If it, it bowling, you just want to break a hundred, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Danny, Danny Etling in football or bowling, uh, he didn't get above what what I like to call the novice line. He did not get above 100. Time to play. You know what? You should get to play with bumpers when you play out. Yeah, they got to put, <laughs> put bumpers on the sideline. <laughs> I know. I just like uh, watching that too. Another point where I thought, oh yeah, LSU doesn't have the range, or when you realize. Okay, Bama, Bama cares about this game. Deron Payne. Play goes to the sideline. Deron Payne standing in the middle of the entire LSU sideline, ready to go. Like, everybody starts barking, woofing, and pushing a little bit. Deron Payne doesn't move. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, I think tone setting is overestimated. I don't think it is with Deron Payne standing there willing to fight the entire LSU sideline. Even if it's for only five seconds of bluffing, you can look and see that there's a couple of LSU players who are like, no, no, you can you can stand here as long as you like. And Go you ahead. can also note that like seven of his teammates didn't come crashing in. They're like, nah, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll make it out of there. That would be time. unnecessary. <laughs> I'll stand yeah. here and serve energy for the next play. Oh my God! It's Jason Bourne. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got this. And not even like first movie skinny Jason Bourne. Like, oh, Jason Bourne got lats. Yeah, this is when Jason Bourne. Remember, as he re- gets better and recovers, he recovers his memory, which is stored in lat form. <laughs> right. It's a, it's some sort of advanced government agent thing where all your information gets stored in hard drives that look exactly like powerful lats. I will say it, it is. I don't think it's possible that LSU's defense could have played better. Mm-mm. No, they did. They, I love what they did to all of the inverted beer backfield mesh stuff that they did. They did exactly what you're supposed to do against Jalen Hurts. They put the game on Jalen Hurts. And when you don't score a single point on offense, guess what 
Jalen Hurts bar is. Jalen Hurts needs to scramble twice. And he needs to get a touchdown on one. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Hey, math sucks when you yeah. can't. LSU's defense, you gave up basically two plays. I mean, you gave up one long pass, sure. And then you gave up the two Hertz runs. Otherwise, you played a perfect game. And, yeah. and, and you yeah. lost. You gave, yeah. I mean, shit, you gave your offense the ball. Both Alabama turnovers came in Alabama territory, did they not? Yeah, ended up there, I believe. And, ended up there, please. and LSU did not get any points off of those. LSU had three drives that started in Bama territory. They got a total of negative three yards. Yep. And I blame the that, Big Ten. I blame Purdue. Mm-hmm, I blame mm-hmm. uh, Jim Delaney. Yeah, that's that's he sent, this he sent sent down a faulty quarterback. I got I got the warranty here. Trying to trying to take down the down the tide by um giving them a non-quality loss, seeing as the other team would have a Big Ten quarterback. Mm-hmm. Didn't work, Delaney. It's a pro-Michigan conspiracy. Yeah, it seems to be. Although I would point out that it seems to be disabling the Florida football program pretty well. So we're fine on that. I don't, that I, and, uh, listen, I don't, I don't think that was... Uh, you, you, don't you, don't, think that, you don't think that an Alabama sleeper agent and a backup Purdue sleeper agent as our one and two at quarterback is all part of a conspiracy. Well, oh, I, just, I just, I just scales, think it's the scales, like, the scales have not fallen from your eyes yet. I, I We've just been think, duped badly. I, I think it's like somebody at the Koresh compound suing a fire extinguisher company. This wasn't charged <laughs> properly. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to file that legislation. That's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. If you didn't see Florida lost badly to Arkansas, and I don't so know. So badly. I, uh, this is, this is the first time in a long time that I, w- I've actively been pissed about a Florida game. Wow. Yeah, Cause I don't know what I'm supposed to like. Uh, you know, you're pissed. This is the first time I've just been resigned. Wow. Did, I, we, did I, we freak you Friday? Wow. Oh my God. You get to go to the office and I have to go to high school. Shit. I have to raise your two children. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> And Spencer, you have to move to New York. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing is Ryan and I don't have to like worry about pants not fitting. And the, the the real losers here are wives. Oh, as always. As always. <laughs> that part of the story doesn't change. Um <laughs> just yeah. taking a different kind of L. Yeah, Florida Florida took a massive one. And I don't know like seriously, I don't know why any of this is happening. I don't see any reason to be optimistic about the shape of the program. I don't see much of a difference between what we had and what we have now. That's that's really painful to say, but that's where we're at for some well, reason. I mean, it seems like Will Muschamp can recruit quarterbacks now, so what's the problem? Oh, I know. he's not at Florida anymore. Oh, they got, listen, listen, listen. You know he's going to end up at NC State. All right. <laughs> yeah. All good things do. It's all must yeah. quarterbacks do. And at, at first, I had rationalized this as, well, this is all part of uh, the great plan in which Kentucky makes the SEC championship game, and then they had to go and fuck it up. Yeah, there we go. This is what you get when you put your money on Kentucky. You, you flush it down. You flush wait, it down. Wait, way, to do, way to do one thing that matters this season, Georgia. <clears throat> uh have patience, because Kentucky's still in this. <laughs> y'all still gotta go. Y'all still gotta go play a four-three game at I know. LSU. I know, and 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 then we get to watch a Kentucky-Tennessee game that has stakes. <laughs> That's never happened. Wow. Never. Yeah. 
the SEC, the SEC East is super fucked up. Yeah, in case you want to know the worst major division in college football, I'm just going to dismiss all evidence in favor of a motion. The SEC East is a giant cash-stuffed pile, a pinata. Oh, the evidence, the evidence supports you. All of the evidence supports you as well. This is not some bold claim. It's I don't want, terrible. I don't, I don't even want a counterpoint. I'm just gonna re- like all of them are all of them are completely emotionally void to me. This is the only, this is the worst comp. This is the worst division in college football. And when and when Louisville beats Kentucky badly, and Florida State beats Florida, and Georgia Tech beats Georgia, and Clemson crushes South Carolina, don't come at us talking about oh what happened to your big bad. We're telling you it's shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me? And do you want me? By the way, to go through this goes so deep, so deep. Like, this is where we're at. And I can uncork this whole paragraph and will in order. Florida had an idiot, an otherwise gifted AD, who had one major, like, sort of, like, crippling handicap. And that was on three out of four hires. He just hired dudes who was like, I don't know. Uh, He used to coach for somebody good. Only other one was Urban Meyer, okay? So management puts a, a a relatively mediocre coach three times out of four in charge of Florida, okay? A place that should be able to recruit whatever it wants and yet does not and is somehow losing an in-state recruiting to a, a grown man with hair plugs named Jimbo. That's where we're at. Fast forward to Kentucky. Did the same thing. Just hired a Stoops. Hire a Stoops. I don't know. Just grab one. All right? And actually, he's been decent enough in an absolutely mediocre, terrible division to somehow still have a chance to survive. Georgia. Georgia goes out, and they do the same damn thing with, I don't know, why don't you hire this guy who used to work for Nick Saban? That works, because remember, success is transmitted venereally. That's how it works. You just it, It's infectious. <laughs> you just go and get somebody who was next to it, right? It's like, just go get the chair that was next to the couch. I'm sure it'll match the living room no matter what's in it. And they went and got that because they had one guy they were looking at. One guy. Is this when I mentioned Jer- is this when I mentioned Jeremy Foley didn't know who Justin Fuente was and considered Josh McDaniel for the position? No, we can keep going. There's more of that in the SEC East. There's whatever Missouri is. Do you want to know how bad Missouri is? Missouri's coach, Barry Odom, had to be comforted at the postgame handshake by who? Will Muschamp, who told him to keep his chin up. Will Muschamp is in a position in the SEC East to legitimately tell somebody, buck up, it gets better. <laughs> okay, but I can I can come over the top for, of all of this. There's one, there's one team in the SEC East that I think actually has shown consistent signs of improvement and I think is, is moving in the right direction, even though the record might not show it. And that's fucking Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vanderbilt, four and five on the year, one and four in conference. They lost. <laughs> I'm going to count them off here. One, two, three, four losses. All four conference losses have come by one score. And yeah, you know, there's the South Carolina loss early where they lost on some mega long field goal and sort of blew a game they should have won. They played their usual crap fest against Florida where they threw a pick when they could have they could have driven to tie that game. Lost uh, to Kentucky and and hung with Auburn. Oh, and they also beat Georgia. This is the part where I reminded that Vanderbilt beat Georgia also in a one score game. But like, Derek is Derek Mason the most the most like progress achieving coach in the sec east right now Derek, Derek mason and mark stoops 
two greatest coaches in the country. <laughs> Boy. Boy, yeah, we have that, we... that's that, that's where you're at. Uh, we have to talk about anything else. Yeah, it's it's bad. What we're going to do is we're going to just going to slide we're going to slide the stone over this tomb here. <laughs> we're going to put up the biohazard tape. We're going to just put the sarcophagus over this magical Chernobyl of a division. And we're going to talk about something really inspiring. Iowa football. No, we're not going to talk about whoa. Yeah, whoa. That took, a, that took a dark turn. That got, that got too real. Yeah. Uh, uh, I want to talk very briefly about Texas A&M, if we can, because Texas A&M celebrated their four spot in the playoff ranking. Admittedly, not their fault. That's just where the committee came not out. Not their fault. Yeah, they, they didn't put themselves there. That's true. <laughs> no, you, you can't. I mean, come on. So, so wait, are you suggesting that Texas A&M lost to Mississippi State out of some intense sense of honor? Oh, no, no. This is just what Texas A&M does. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> they recall, of what? course, this is the team that we picked to go 6-0 and and finish 7-5. and And, hmm, they're 7-2 mm-hmm. and two now. <laughs> mm, come on. Three more. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah, by the way, what, what, what else happened in this game? Lost their starting quarterback for a bit. So, we, we're really on schedule here. That was... This is what happens when you go into the SEC West. Florida was not alone. Okay, because uh, SEC West road game in division for A&M. Uh, eight up for Texas A&M. They celebrate that four spot by immediately dropping a game 35-28 to a 4-5 and five Mississippi State team that, yes, yes, we're going to follow the chain, lost to South Alabama. So, so many of you have transitive and, losses to South and, Alabama now. Well, in South Alabama, it started out like, hey, Sunbelt contender. Actually, South Alabama is not very good. No, South they're Alabama, only good. They're only good outside. Now. They're only good outside of the Sunbelt. They have beaten Mississippi State, and they are the only thing that is keeping San Diego State out of the rankings right now. <laughs> yep. But uh, A&M, I don't think this reflects poorly on the SEC, because remember, this is a Big 12 team. Remember, any, anything that changed <laughs> conference, you can flip its a toggle its identity back and forth as we, at will That's mizzou true. is also a big big 12 team and and once the big 12 was effectively out of the playoff texas a&m had that hardwired into them it's like robocop yeah <laughs> just just the revelation shaking its head side to side with the robocop <laughs> no 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 i remember everything um yeah this was this was oof. this was pretty this was pretty dismal for a&m uh, although, hey, it's great, great for Klanga, man. I they really got, they got like, Dan, they got Dan, run the hell. Oh, Dan Dan Mullen absolutely needed this, but A and M, you got run the hell over. Yeah, it was it was not pretty. Nick Fitzgerald, Nick Fitzgerald, at one point turned into a steamroller. <laughs> like did the full Transformers sound effect included steamroller run. The, Nick Fitzgerald. Ball the hell out. 182 rushing yards for the quarterback. Nick Fitzgerald was out here looking like a slightly slower version of Lamar Jackson against your defense, A&M. Oof. Um, can I uh, – I have a little special surprise here if we can change topics real quick. Uh, sure. we, got, we got Brian Floyd, uh, special guest, friend of the podcast, on this week. Uh, Floyd, if you will, uh, would you mind just listing the most impressive things Arizona did – uh, in the 62-point loss to the Cougs. Uh, again, Brian Floyd, uh, Managing Editor, SB Nation. Really appreciate you joining us today, Brian. Insight- that's insightful. I disagree with the order, but can't ob- object to any of the uh, actual items. 
Yeah, he's going to be real good on broadcast one day. We'll get him there. Arizona is so bad. Dude, I've enjoyed this. Is Can I just a general observation? I enjoy the Pac-12 more than any conference. Okay. I enjoy why? it. Why? Because it is an absolute mess for the most part. Like okay. year in and year out. And that's that's. Oh, fine. you mean you also, mean you mean generally not specific to 2016? I I've enjoyed 2016 a lot. I don't. Okay. Maybe it's this. I sit and I watch my own team struggle. Right. I watch the Big 12 <laughs> go through whatever existential crisis it happens to be going through right now. Right. I watch the Big Ten, which the Big Ten, aside from two or three top, like two or three, maybe four solid teams, it's it's pretty dismal. Oh, I just like that they gave Tracy Clay's a job. Like, yeah, I watch him coach football, and I'm like, I think many people could do dude, this job. Dude, just dude, Big he, Ten he, West co-leader. Yeah, he, seven and he, seven he, and two. He might coach in a conference championship game. Yeah, right. watch him watch him coach the last two minutes of any game, and you're like, how hard can this be? Oh boy! Um, you also yeah, get to watch. No, the, you also the, get to watch Rutgers e- get closer and closer to that first win. Closer and closer to that first. Points. That first Big Ten win. Um, and you get to watch Michigan State somehow get further and further from that first Big Ten win. Wow, that's yeah, man. This is Michigan State. This the submarine will not be rescued. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh! But you know, you know, you know which two teams square off next weekend. Oh, that'd be Michigan State and Rutgers. Something, yeah. something. They got to gotta put give. a trophy on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm you, sorry, y'all. You got to make this a trophy game now. Sorry, you're stuck with a Rutgers rivalry. The petrified, <laughs> the petrified donut goes to Rutgers. No, this one. Do you know what this is? This is the touching the void game, oh, and boy. the trophy is a carabiner with a cut piece of rope through it, right? Because someone's making it off this mountain and someone isn't, right? <laughs> 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 the old oaken abandonment. The broken, the broken carabiner. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think D'Antonio is going to end up on the wrong end of the road. You rope. know, if we just get the old Cyhawk trophy, we can turn that into a Donner Party thing pretty quickly. <laughs> pretty quickly, except I don't know if anybody wants to eat anything that comes out of this partnership. Aww. I like that you, you, you offer that as the trophy for this game, and that well, what does that have to do with you <laughs> landing in New Jersey? Oh, a lot, a lot, <laughs> sir. Don't worry about it. Don't a worry about lot. It. Yeah, that's it. So you watch all of that, and it's kind of depressing this year, in some. And then you get to the Pac-12, where where like the points don't matter. How, wait, and hold on. How are you gonna leave? How, how are you gonna leave the ACC out? Oh, we can leave the ACC out. The wow. BCS, the BCS and the playoff have been doing it for years. Wow. So. The ACC is our most fine conference. Fine. Yes, the, the SEC and the Big Ten. <laughs> Um, you got a few good teams, you got a bunch of trash teams, and you got scalding opinions about all of them. Big 12, you got a bunch of garbage. Pac-12, you got sort of the video game thing where you just click like, um, you know, you said it so you have even rosters. Like if you want to play ULM versus uh, Ohio State, you can just push the button and both teams are rated equally. That's every team in the Pac-12 except Washington and Arizona. And then the ACC, what is there to say? Every team trash pretty hard. Some are really good. Um there aren't really that many bad ones. You know what? I'll say this. The ACC, yeah. it's the best managed conference right now. And you're like, okay, well, who's actually managing stuff best? You're like, the ACC, but like, we'll go coach by coach. Look at their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, yeah, no, you guys are doing pretty well. That's Man, all like this. Wake yeah, I mean, who, who, who is the, who is the ACC's worst team? Um, it's still probably UVA or maybe Boston College. 
It's Boston College right and now. The, but those, and Boston College still has a chance at a bowl. Boston, yeah, Boston College won a conference game this year. So, yeah, the ACC, the ACC is a okay. Yeah, but but going back to it, Pac-12 by far the most entertaining. Probably because I watch it mostly at night. After everything else has disappointed me, and I have no, I have no stakes, so I can just watch. Wow, here's here's Utah. Let's let's just see what they do. That of like. I never know what Utah is going to do except try real hard. And look, they're playing Cal. I know what Cal is going to do, <laughs> and it's whatever they're going to do. It's going to take five hours. Like that's fine. I feel like the the Pac-12 is designed not for like mass attention, but for boutique attention. Like it's easy to watch an entire Pac-12 game. Just not a lot of people are going to do it. You know what I mean? Like SEC yeah. and Big Ten, yeah, millions of people are watching, but they're probably also watching like eight other games. Pac-12, you got 900 people watching every play, and that there's some value to that, man. You can you can you can sell those, you know, t- sell advertisers. We have completely captured our tiny market's mm-hmm. attention. Do you want to watch Jim Mora live out Groundhog Day? Oh boy, great! That's oh, what UCLA is for. Because oh my God, they're so bad. Oh, UCLA is real bad. Real bad, no matter what they try. No matter this is this is an example. UCLA is the worst team I watched all weekend. I watched the whole UCLA game. Fucking why? Because it was on late. It was the only thing on. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? In Colorado, Col- who who could not root for the scrappy, hardworking, and yes, seven and two Colorado Buffalo. Who who doing real well despite the fact that I, if you look in the stands, they're still not shh, like yeah, you know, nobody's they're really not. They're just they're just out foraging. They're coming back. <laughs> no, their crowd looked great. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Um, <laughs> their crowd's up up there doing the Icelandic clapping chant thing. Yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they felt real good too. Sure yeah, the they Colorado all seemed to be in really good mood. Great ecstatic mood. You I know mean, that? by Pac-12 standards, they were rabid, which is That's to say true. they were cheering. Cal's crowd is the best because I always assume they're attending a little sarcastically. Even when they're, <laughs> even when they're doing real well, they're like, "Yeah, cow football, go guys, sports!" It's like, yeah, they're the they're the people who tweet like, "Oh, I'm excited about the sports ball game." <laughs> <laughs> what time is the sports ball? I want everyone to know I don't like sports. Yeah, they're all there. And they're all crowded around the fifty. That's how you know if they show like a crowd shot for Cal, they're all around the fifty because they're like, "Yeah, whatever, come on down." Doesn't matter. Nobody's in these seats. But yeah, the other one, the, I will say this, uh, Washington State, also ridiculously fun to watch this year. They beat Arizona 69-7, to as we already uh, talked about. Stanford, winning their, by their standard... Bowl uh, eligible! Bowl eligible. And what a bowl it'll be. Mm, it, oh, it'll, it'll be... Hey, listen, bowl. listen, trees trees grow on farms. Foster farms, here comes Stanford. <laughs> it's practically a home game. It's going to be weird to see trees uh, next to cactuses in the cactus bowl, but... Mm, speaking of a team that definitely, definitely is still technically bowl eligible. Remember how we decided that maybe Mark Helfrich had figured it all out? No. Turn it around. I don't recall they, that. You don't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When was, was it because they beat fucking Arizona State? What? Yeah, because Justin Herbert, they'd found Justin Herbert. And he was going to be amazing. And Did you record a solo episode? Yeah, I did. I just dropped, <laughs> just dropped a mixtape. Sorry, all that mixtapes. <laughs> Spencer talking the ducks. Yeah, they had yeah. a new quarterback, and uh, that's cool and good. Um, USC has one too. So, yeah, big <laughs> uh, 
he's real good and he gets to hand the ball off to some real talented people and then they they have a defense that um unlike Oregon's exists and yeah the USC hammered them do you know, that, do you know what, the last what, what time was the, yeah, what was the hope differential yesterday the hope differential was 100 plus it was Michigan it was put up 59 mm-hmm. Oregon lost by 25 yeah so oh, we're not quite so, at 100. Okay, so 56 to... It's over 100, that's for sure, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Hope differential, well over 100. We're SEC grads. Do you, we're, do, you we're know not the, do, do you know the last time Oregon did not make a bowl game? Uh, Would that be... Like 06, something like that? You're close. No, you're you're, uh, you're uh, close. It's too, would, would, it, go ahead. I was going to say, is it 2004? It is 2004. It is 2004, a year in which they lost to Indiana, Oklahoma, and then uh, Arizona State and three straight losses. But th- that was a team that collapsed down the stretch more than anything. Um, this is not that team because there there was no stretch. So let's give everybody the caveat tour on sourcing here. Okay, because I, I think that. Gee, I know where you're going to go with this. I'm I'm yeah, so you, tempted to kill. I think the call. this is his first ever mention on this Jesus. program. At least I hope no, so. No, no, no. Let's let's do it. I mean, this is it. Oh, We're about to talk God. branding. We're so about to talk branding. Passionate oh branding. Um, you'll read about a report that Phil Knight will spend up to uh, ten million dollars on a coach at Oregon. Okay. Which, and for, you'll the, hear which about, for the record, that would make that coach the highest paid in college football. By a lot. The highest paid in football, right? I don't know if there's a pro coach that makes I mean, I, I think Belichick and like Sean Payton make right around that. But yeah. But besides, I'm sorry. Besides, I'm sorry. Sean Payton? What? Does does he? he is he makes, that true? He makes a lot of money. He makes a lot of money, yeah. He makes eight no, he makes eight mil a year. Yeah. Oh man. Wow! But remember, remember, can you name another coach who's taken the Saints to a Super Bowl? Listen, all the Saints do is just keep keep kicking the salary cap down the down the hill till next year. That includes Belichick. Because Peyton, Peyton makes eight mil, so, Belichick so, makes seven and a half mil. Okay, and you, and you Which, know who? This, you, hold on, hold on. You know who makes seven? Who? Jeff Fisher. J- Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What Chip? Chip makes four and a half, right? So. So yeah. They're going to go double up Chip, bring him home? I actually think that's Bill Belichick's way of stunting on somebody, is that Peyton makes 8 mil and he doesn't go because he's like, my, you know what, I don't I don't let other dirty people determine how much money I think is enough. <laughs> that's it. He's like, can you give me less? Can you give me like 6.5 mil? It doesn't Does matter. Bill Belichick know how much money he makes? Probably not. That would be my <laughs> guess. Has he ever spent money? <laughs> Again, have you seen what he wears on the sidelines? No. I doubt he has. At the man, the scene in the Belichick documentary where he is attempting to set the clock in his car is everything you need to know <laughs> about Bill Belichick because it because he's just muttering quietly oh, while wearing God. kind of a gravity. Hold, shirt, hold, you know. hold, hold, clock and advance and Jesus. no, it's not Jesus. doing it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> somebody get Linda on the phone. Oh, Linda, is, Linda usually uh, handles this, but her damn kids have the flu. It is the most like I. I watched that entire documentary and I love that man so much. 
I did like if, I, like before that I was like, oh Belichick, he's like just basically a cannibal. He's just some sort of NFL automaton. <laughs> and then you watch it and you're like, I would die for this cyborg. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so, that, so, the, the so Oregon, Oregon just scene, needs to throw him ten mil. Yep, throw him ten mil. See, see what happens. The scene where he and Jimmy Johnson are on a boat and Johnson cracks a beer at like nine a.m. and Belichick goes, "That'll get the fish jumping." <laughs> it's just it's so good uh anyway so so here i'm i'm not gonna even make fun of darren revell because darren Vell says there's talk heating up in oregon that phil knight's ready to throw insane 10 million dollars a year money at a coach he's 78 wants a title okay the 78 part i guarantee you phil knight does not think about it all he's in that category of rich people who get their blood changed out every week. He probably thinks he's going to make it to like a oh, hundred. Yeah. He'll, he'll die when he's bored. Yeah. He'll die when he's bored. Okay. Which that may be a threat to his life watching this Oregon team. Or, Oregon's offense is, is an, <laughs> might deprive the world of Phil Knight. Yeah. Two. I actually don't think this is that far fetched because if you know anyone around that program, they will t- say two things that are seemingly at odds with each other. One, Oregon just doesn't do coaches like that. We don't get rid of people. We don't, you know, Phil's hands off. And then you will also hear this, man, Phil Knight's insane. He's going to fire Helfrich tomorrow. Like I can't get for the people I know around that program. I can't get a consistent signal other than no, 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 he's hands off and there's no way he'll do that. And then this other camp of people that are like, yeah, man, no, no, no. He's pissed. He's going to totally behead him. There are two Phil Knights and they eternally duel for control of Oregon. Yeah. And uh, I think Why? it depends on which one's in charge. <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> just one of those weird things. I mean, why do, why does South Carolina and, and Mizzou play football <laughs> once a year? Yeah. Why yeah. did, why did that happen at all? That's, that didn't need to happen. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oregon's, but, Oregon's not making a bowl. Who would they have to beat? Just, just let's. So they, let's look so they at the have schedule. to. They have to beat all of these teams. They have to beat Stanford, which they they can. I'm not going to pretend that Stanford's amazing right now. Uh, then they have to win a road game at Utah, which right now I'm not liking that. Nope. And, and nope. then and then they would have to win a a rivalry road game against Oregon State. And I know what you're thinking. It's Oregon State. Oregon <laughs> State has been a little feisty this year. Oregon, Oregon State's or, vastly Oregon, improved. Oregon State uh, hung with Wazoo and hung with Stanford. They're, Oregon State, they're Oregon State is on my. Oregon State and NC State are having sort of parallel years to me. Oh, right? I, I strongly disagree with that, but mostly because I, I have yet to find a reason to watch an Oregon State game. I it, it, yeah, it checks out. Improvement. Okay. Right. Improvement, and you're either getting destroyed or you're taking a far better team to the to the fourth quarter. But it feels like NC State is much more frustrated with the fact that they can't close these games than Oregon State is right now. Is that well, that's not... the fan that's the fan temperament kind of okay. thing? Okay. Okay. I mean, NC State fans are noted for being message board people at all times. You know, Bru- for... yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but like you could have beat Clemson and Florida State. Yeah, but man, you're you're so close. Like Dave Doran is, he's so close. Uh, maybe that's the Dave. You know, Doran story. you know he's also you know he's also the one who gave Boston College the conference win, right? Yeah, that part. So, it's, he's so close, man. <laughs> okay. So close to so many things. I didn't okay. say to what, but they're so close. Okay. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's if if you look at it, Oregon's not going to make a game, and then you have to go. Okay, well, who the hell is Oregon going to hire? I have a real good guess. Throw it out like there. A real, a real good guess. I think it ends up being PJ Fleck. Okay, counterpoint. What if PJ Fleck doesn't want the Oregon job? <laughs> counterpoint. They're going to offer him like $6 million. <laughs> They're going to offer him so much money. Like, so the only obstacle, like, oh, realistically, the only obstacle is PJ Fleck's kids. He has kids who live in, I believe, uh, Indiana or around there. And or Illinois, they live in Illinois. So they live in Illinois. Um, that's an obstacle to getting any movement. But you know what? Oregon will pay you six mil. <laughs> There's a lot of motivation to make things happen if they're going to pay you more money than you will ever make anywhere else in the rest of your life. I mean, I mean, he's currently making $820,000 this season. Yes, which $820,000 is is much much less. But than so let's let's watch walk this back a little. If you're okay. PJ Fleck and Oregon offered you four million, that's that's almost five times what you make now. So if 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 Darren Ravel, God help him, is right, and Oregon is willing to spend ten million dollars, like who is the ten million dollar coach in this equation? Because it can't be PJ Fleck. You can't look your. I love PJ Fleck. I think he's a fantastic coach. You cannot look your fan base in the eye and say, hey, we just made the Western Michigan jackass the highest paid coach in the sport. Sure you can. Here's a gif of of him dancing. (laughs) See what what I mean? So so like who is is the 10 million? Because Oh man, there's a name here. I'm gonna say it, and then I'm just gonna walk away. James Franklin. That's. I mean, mm. that's that could work. But yeah, PJ Fleck is PJ Fleck is allegedly real high on anyone's list there. So if that's not that 10 million one, the only other thing I think of that you get for a 10 million guy is you get like retread, right? NFL retread. Yeah, oh, that's it. God. I mean, I, yeah. I, I do. There's, there's got to be something to what Ravel is saying. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's very, very plugged in at Nike. Um, but the, the actual. That's the one thing that makes me take it seriously. The, the ten million. The, I mean, why, that's what makes me take it seriously, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably the only school that we would, you know, actually sort of trust his reporting on. I, I guess. I mean, maybe he knows people at Russell and could tell us about Georgia Tech, but. Mer- can I Maryland? I, I already regret I already regret saying this. Um would Hugh Freeze take ten million dollars to, to to and and the freedom of getting out from whatever is going on in Ole Miss, if anything? He would be um blessed to consider <laughs> such an opportunity and he would prayerfully consider it and talk it over with his wife and elders. Um and then after sleeping on it. He would get back to Oregon in the morning and say, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Instantly. If somebody if somebody said, you know what? I've been so fortunate to work with Old Miss. It's been real great. But I'm getting the hell out, y'all. Oh my God. Get, you give you give Hugh Freeze recruiting money? Nike recruiting money? <laughs> oh boy. A little, money? A little oh walking boy. around money? A little spending money, we'll call it. Well, I'm just thinking in terms of what you know? What kind of tithe would best fill the storehouse? 
And if we take the traditional 10% tithe, that'd be a million dollars going straight to the Lord. And it just wouldn't be right to say, Lord, I don't think you deserve a million dollars. Don't you agree? You ought to take that $10 million. You ought to invest it wisely in your own family and your community, which is now Eugene, Oregon. And you ought to you ought to pass the savings along to the Lord and invest in 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 heaven all by I'm saying, all leaving all this. That that yellow O looks a lot like a halo, don't it? It does. Ding. <laughs> <laughs>